What is up, everybody? My name is Kyle Pagan. Welcome back to another episode of Crossing Broadcast. If you're new, welcome. If you're returning, welcome back. All we ask for you to do is you hit the subscribe button, you hit the thumbs up button, make that YouTube algorithm purr. One of the things... And also mix it up in the chat because one of the things you can talk about is what was your favorite video of yesterday's first training camp practice? Was it the Jalen Hurts throwing to a wide open A.J. Brown? Was it Jalen Hurts throwing to a wide open Devontae Smith? On today's show, we have Kevin Kikade and a guy who was at NovaCare making his 28th appearance covering an NFL training camp, Eagles reporter John McMullen from Jacob Media from Birds 365. John, thank you so much for coming on. 28 years, baby. Oh, man. I, I'm depressed that you brought that up right <laughs> okay. off the bat. I got it. I got it. Yeah. I got it. So ask. I'm old, basically. Nah, I'm, I mean, well, I, mean, I guess really 28 years. You remember the pager. Now you're working <laughs> off an iPhone. You remember the typewriter. Now you might be working off a MacBook. I, I got to ask you, like Tom Brady has the TB12 method. LeBron spends a million dollars on his body in the offseason. What do you credit your longevity to? Uh, walking every day <laughs> about starting a month before training camp. All That's right. It. That's it. That's so not only the players are, are are getting ready for training camp, you're also yeah. getting ready for training camp. I like that. Exactly. <laughs> it's worked so far. It's worked so far. It, so, yeah, you know, I'm not going to guarantee 29, but. We've gotten to 28. That's pretty good. 28 is great. How many people? I mean, I'm 29 years old, John. I don't know if that made you feel any older. You've been doing it since I was born. Um, not many people can do everything consistently for 28, 29 years. I know I sure can't. Yeah, well, I mean, it. it, it is. I guess it is an accomplishment, especially in today's media world. So, you know, it could be worse. So I appreciate it. My wife has a good word. She says, you're not getting old. It just means you're more experienced. Mm-hmm. Yeah, exactly. So, so, so Maybe I'd go into the thesaurus and find an even better word for that, you know? Yeah. But, uh, so experience <laughs> counts for something. I don't know what, but it counts for something. Does 28 go, years get you any, like, are there any tangible benefits? Do you get to sit in like the front row of the media tent or? <laughs> no, no, no tangible. I, I do, but that's because I'm an ass. Can we curse on here? Oh, you can curse all you want. Generally because I'm an ass. So I'll plop down to the first seat, but yeah, I mean, it, it, you know, maybe it gets you to the point where you don't care. So you do what you want. So one of those types of things. That, 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 you know, that's a good way to kind of look at things and, and, and look at life. I mean, you, you scout guys for a living. I don't know if you know this, but sometimes me and Kevin and the crossing broad guys, and obviously Eagles Twitter are scouting you from afar. So like, I want to know, like, how do you stand out? At training camp, ESP obviously charts. John Clark sends out millions of video. Kemsky has his thing. Tim McManus has his thing. You're more of an observation guy, from what I've seen in your timeline, and some pictures you take of you interviewing guys. Yeah, I'm not. I'm not much of a. I'm not going to live Twitter it uh, because I think that's kind of silly. I hey, I give Elliot all the credit in the world for doing Jalen Hurts statistics. Uh, Kevin knows from being on my show that. That kind of stuff is meaningful, meaningless. So, I don't, I don't care about that kind of stuff. So, it, you know, social media isn't my job per se. So, I know other people. It's very important, but you know, fans have to realize, like, 
I'm doing other stuff. I'm trying to observe as you want. So I'm not going to go boop, 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 boop. AJ Brown caught a 15 yard touchdown. I just, you know, I don't find it valuable. Number one. And number two, when Twitter starts paying me, I'll pay more attention to Twitter. That's like my that. perspective. <laughs> John, like what does what, what here, here's a serious question though? When you are down there, admittedly, it's still preseason. It's day one of preseason. We could say, does anything matter? At the end of the day, it probably doesn't. Yeah, but what's doesn't. what's what's important to you? What are you looking for when you go down there on day one, day two, day three? Um, things that kind of stand out like Kayvon Wallace getting first team reps yesterday, that kind of surprised me. So, um, when I see stuff like that, I go, Ooh, that's interesting. Jordan Davis, I, you know, not starting with the first team, uh, kind of interests me, especially because Fletcher, um, is ramping up from COVID wasn't able to play. So you have Marlon, uh, Tui Pelotu out there. So that kind of surprised me that they were making him start Nicobe Dean on the third team, um, that kind of stuff. Um, and some of it is, but then you have, and you say, okay, they're just making the rookies, you know, earn their keep. But then Jason Kelsey isn't there. He's ramping up from COVID and Cam Jurgens is taking the first team rep. So it's a little bit interesting to see how they handle uh, certain situations. So within that framework, beyond what you just mentioned, uh, what else stood out to you from day number one? Um, I, I, you know, I, obviously everybody's paying very close attention to Jalen Hurts, and there was some good, there was some bad. I, I think, you know, the play of the day, I think, was Marcus Epps, um, you know, making an interception. They did a ton of red zone work. Um and Marcus made the play of the day, sort of undercut Dallas Goddard on a route. And it was a little bit troubling from the perspective of Jalen was late on the throw. That gave Marcus Epps the opportunity to make the play. So it was good from the defensive perspective because they need a safety with some range and some ability to get over and do that. Marcus Epps proved maybe he could do that or at least showed the potential and then from the offensive perspective, as I said, you're a little bit worried about the lateness of the throw because that was one of the issues with Jalen Hurts, and you want to see that improvement. From a good side, he, he threw this back shoulder throw, and I it, it was perfect. And I said, you know, it was Aaron Rodgers-like. And, I mean, anybody who's watched Aaron knows he's nobody's ever thrown a back shoulder fade better than Aaron Rodgers. You just don't see – Chandler Hurts do that yesterday he did it so that was an improvement that was a positive sign so when you see little things like that you, you kind of put an asterisk on it and say you know asterisk and say that that's that's pretty good stuff and that's that's an improvement speaking of Aaron Rodgers did you like him showing up to camp looking like oh wow, Nick Cage baby yeah. oh, Nicholas Cage yeah. and Con Air yeah yeah he's gotten to the point where he's so good and you know he's turned into a weirdo man he can wear whatever he can show up he can show up looking however he wants to look at yeah. this well he used to do that every camp right i'm pretty sure he showed up a different um a different character every camp this one was the best one i mean yeah. con air is a top five sunday rainy day hangover yeah. movie on the couch right up yeah. there with shawshank um let's see son i'm gonna go more comedy realm okay. I'm I'm not a big Nick Cage guy. I, I don't no. mind him, but I'm not 
I'm not going to. Yeah, that's there tremendous. Yeah, that's tremendous. Wow, look at that, um, Cameron Cameron Poe with the Southern accent. You know? Yeah, yeah, John. Maybe, who what would you go? Um, for a Sunday, you're yeah. talking movies. Yeah, um, I'm going to go more comedy realm. So Sealski got me into dodgeball. He was right. I don't know if you guys what? saw <laughs> the dodgeball conversation. Hey, that could he's be right. A that's yeah. now. I'm not going to say it's better than Caddyshack, but yeah. he's right in that it's yeah. very underrated, and I think people forget. Yeah how quotable that movie is. Yeah. So. I told Cooney I was going to have to do some screenshots before people got to deleting their uh, Twitter takes about dodgeball and Caddyshack. And, yeah. You know, well, I'm not going to compare. I, I'm not going to go that far. But I do think, like, forgetting Sarah Marshall, that's one of my favorite movies of all time. I, I think it's the most underrated comedy ever made. I think everything about it is nearly perfect. But. I think Shawshank, honestly, I think Shawshank is on 24-7. Every time yeah. I open up the menu, Shawshank. Is, and it's a movie worthy of being on 24-7, by the way. Yeah, it's a great uh, movie. But you great. have to dedicate four hours with commercials. Yeah, I don't yeah. want, that's, that. when I think Sunday, I'm yeah. like, what am I going to just, if I got a half hour, what am I just going to keep on? <laughs> And, Shawshank's and, a tough watch. Shawshank is like a heavy watch. Yeah, that's why. That's I mean. like a gotta, that is a heavy storyline. You, you, you got to watch the whole thing. You're but not if you got gonna thirty minutes, don't you go bar out. rescue? Don't you go bar rescue? Nah, Maybe an office. Um, <laughs> I'm not, well. I'm gonna go Seinfeld more. Okay, Seinfeld's you know, good. Experience. John, what's the um? You know, I guess everybody's always excited to see the new new guys for the first time. AJ Brown, Hassan Reddick. Kazir White. I mean, was there anybody that stood out to you, or anybody that you were f focused on more more than than the other? Uh, Hassan Reddick, mainly because there's there's two layers to that. Like, how are they going to use him? Um, and you know, the fact that he's got to live up to the the hype as a double digit sack guy and making fifteen million a year. And you know, this team hasn't had an edge rusher with uh, double-digit sacks since Connor Barwin. It, yeah. yeah, I think 2014. So was it's that, been a was while. That the, was that the Billy Davis year, the three-four year, the first year with Chip? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So yeah. I think he had 14 and a half that year. Um, and and that's how long it's been. Might have been 20, yeah, 2014. So I guess um, when did Chip get here? Uh, I think it was 2014. Joe, yeah. 20, 2013. Yeah, because Andy yeah. was fired at the end of 2012. So Chip yeah. was here 2013, 2014, 2015. Yeah. Yeah. It's, so it, it's funny because we could break that with hopefully double digit sacks this year and hopefully the first 1,000 yard wide receiver since what? Jeremy Macklin in 1516? Well, Zach, well, Ertz. Ertz yeah, Ertz, Ertz wasn't yeah. wide receiver, but yeah. 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 Which yeah. is amazing that they haven't had an 1,000 yard receiver in this era where mm -hmm. it's yeah. easy to have a thousand yard receiver. So yeah. that tells you how bad they've been at that particular position. But um, yeah, getting back to Reddick, uh, I was a little surprised they, they, they had him. Like I, one of my pet peeves is four, three versus three, four talk. I just, I, I, I want to strangle every, no offense if you guys have talked about it, but <laughs> for other people, I, I'm like, I, it, it doesn't matter. They're not, you, you're in nickel. You're, if you're not in nickel, you're in dime. It doesn't matter. So, you know, they're they're going to use this 5-2 sort of overhang look, and they're going to have two edge rushers with 
Reddick and, and probably Josh Sweat more than anybody else, but uh, he was on the right side more than I thought he'd be um, instead of the left side. But they did blip him. Um, and then, you know, it's going to be, to me, the most interesting part of the defense is who's going to be those three interior guys because mm-hmm. Gannon can go a lot of different ways. He can go Davis, he can go Cox and Hargrave, just a bunch of big guys. He could use Brandon and that four-eye technique, and he, he, Derek Barnett, so mm-hmm. many different things he can do. That, to me, is the more interesting part. But when I hear people say four three three four, it's like, oh, oh. That's what we were talking about 28 years ago. That was meaningful 28 years ago. To to kind of like to simplify the opinion on that, are you basically just saying, look, they're going to show a bunch of different fronts and they're going to mix and match and give you different different looks. So it's really, it really doesn't matter at the end of the day because you're going to see a lot of different things. Yeah, it's going to be odd and even fronts, but even more so. So when people think of 4-3, so you go back to Jim Swartz traditional four three where you have an under tackle a three technique mm-hmm. when people think three four they think nose tackle they think five techniques mm-hmm. all right they're not going to play that anyway so you know even yeah. when they they have a three four look it's going to be in different techniques they're going to play big Bangio's defense that's yeah. what they're going to yeah. do. Let me just try to clarify and and simplify here because I don't know if the average fan knows a lot about like technique, right? Kyle might not. So, nope. you know, you say like a three technique and an eye technique or whatever. It's basically John just where the defensive the gap, guys are the lined, gap is the gaps yeah. they're responsible yeah. for where they're lined up. Are you over the guards outside shoulder or whatever? Yeah. You know, right. So you know, four eye four four eye means inside. So you're inside. in the inside shoulder. Right. And, I think the thing four. that made that that made me interested about the three four versus four three stuff wasn't necessarily okay. Well first of all actually before I even get into that, I think it's funny how we talk about what's your base four three? Who's going to be doing that? The, the Eagles under Jim Schwartz sat in base for like less than 20% of the time. Like yeah. they played nickel. They played nickel base is nickel. Yeah. Base is yeah, nickel. their base really was nickel. You know, yeah. so it's kind of incorrect when you look at these depth charts. It's like, yeah. oh, four three defense. They weren't playing a four. They were playing like a four two five for the, the, like seventy percent of the snaps during Jim Schwartz. But I think it was interesting to me because Jordan Davis they prioritized, who looks like a traditional Haloti Nada, not the Eagles version of Haloti Nada, but the ten years ago guy who's like your big, you know, anchor nose tackle, right? And then you have a hybrid guy like Hassan Reddick. How are you going to line him up? So to me, it was more John like less about how they're actually going to look on the field, but the type, the type of player yeah. that they went and for. Yeah. Davis was, they were, you know, Gaddon wanted a Davis type player. Not, there's not a lot of guys like him, but no. you bring up uh Haloti Nada, you know, he wanted a big nose tackle type player so he could do all these different things. Uh Fletcher doesn't want to play that position, to be honest. No. Um, because most Jay of the time, Mon- like, let's be honest, like, if you're a big nose tackle, you're just a space eater. Yeah. Like, you're going to be like, you're going to have two yeah. guys like right yeah. on you. Yeah. Yeah. And, and, and Javon just wasn't good at it. So, a, a lot of the issues with the Eagles defense was um, they were bad at stopping the run. And he had to um, use bigger, you know, a uh, uh, higher uh, number of boxes to stop the run. So, and then you had a bunch of third and twos and third and threes, and that's really difficult to stop. 
in the in the modern NFL. So yeah. that's where you mm -hmm. see the 80% completion percentages and all that. So the thought process is, all right, if it's, you know, third and eight instead of third and two, you got a better chance of, of doing yeah. some different things. And that's what yeah. Eagles fans basically want. And we all know, you guys know, this this city loves aggression. They love blitzing. They want they want blitzing. They want sacks, and they want. Yeah. Yeah, and that's not that's not really what the modern game is because guys get the football out so quickly. But good luck blitzing Tom Brady. I mean, yeah, all right, you can say I want to hit Tom Brady. Good luck. Yeah, but it's it's, it's, those feelings are like you know it's funny because those feelings are cyclical. You know, I, I think you remember like when when Chip was fired. You know, every, we had the helicopter chasing Gus Bradley around, you know, because it's like, oh, yeah, oh, defensive yeah. guy. Because we, we, yeah. we, we just had the offensive guy. Let's bring in the defensive guy. So there's these, like, ebbs and flows where you get too much of one thing, you want to go back to this thing, you want to go back to this thing or whatever. But the NFL ebbs and flows, too, not just individually for teams. Oh, yeah. Very offensive-oriented I mean, oriented game now. I just had Connor Orr on, on my show uh, from uh, Sports Illustrated Monday morning quarterback, and I asked him, how many, how many, this is about 40% of the teams in this league trying to run essentially Kyle Shanahan's offense, about 40%. Um, I asked him how many teams this year, because he's, you know, he, he pays attention nationally, are, are planning to, to run Fangio's defense. And he joked and he said 90%. I don't think it's that high, but <laughs> every, everybody is trying to run this defense. And then it becomes this fine line from my perspective. Like what's better? Like if if everybody does the same thing, then it becomes well who's the best at doing that? Like to me the great yeah. coaches are the ones that can manipulate things and do different things and that kind of defines Bill Belichick. And I give Nick a lot of credit because look, he started last season wanting to throw the ball 11 personnel. And he realized we put too much on Jalen's plate. We got to, we got to ramp, we got to scale this thing back. Mm. And I gave him a lot of credit for that. I think that is a good early sign for a head coach, but if everybody's running big Banjo's defense, like why do you want to run it? You know, do something different. So that, I think that's a fine line, and I don't know, you know, because yeah. the Eagles are running Brandon Staley's defense, who's running a version of Big Mangio's defense, and Brandon and Jonathan Gannon are very close. I, I'd rather have somebody, and I'd like any, anybody, you know, people joke, I'm close to Gannon, I like him, I think he's a good coach, but I'll say, you know, I say, all right, I don't want Big Fangio. If I want Big Fangio, go hire Big Fangio. Go hire Big Fangio. Yeah. It's kind of copycat league, you know. It is for the years. So it is. Um, I wanted to talk to you about. Uh, you mentioned Nick Sirianni. Can we talk about this traffic light practice scheme that he's running this year? We have green, yellow, red practices. What was yesterday's? Was yesterday's green? Green, high intensity, green practice, yeah. fifty-eight minutes, baby. 58 oh. minutes. How many times have you seen a 58-minute practice in your 28 years before 2021? Um, I guess well, the CBA is. Before 2011 is really um, <laughs> the demarcation line. That that was um, – the CBA. 
the new that that CBA, and we've had a couple since then, um, or yeah, the new the new new CBA, which has really scaled things back. Like the Eagles couldn't practice more than ninety minutes mm-hmm. yesterday. That that that's collectively mm-hmm. bargained. But you know, there are certain guys, Andy Reid, for instance, he's going to use um, every single minute that he's got available and the Eagles don't. So it's an interesting, I've talked about this a lot. I, I don't believe that's Nick Sirianni's uh, decision. I don't. And he says it is, and he says he's on board, but he is what he says he is. He's a really competitive guy. I find it very hard to believe that if you allow him to have football practice, he's going to go, ah, I don't need that. I think it's an organizational decision and maybe they're right, maybe they're wrong, but, you know, and maybe when he's a 10-year coach, maybe he's got more gravitas, maybe he can change that, but I don't think it's in his hands right now. That's and just what, a personal opinion. And what are they doing? They're, they're trying to limit soft tissue injuries, right? Yeah. That, okay. that was the, you know, everybody's got these studies and their third day, they said there's a spike in soft tissue injuries. So Tuesday was a conditioning test. Wednesday, they had a high-intensity practice, green light. Um, the studies say scale back on the third day, and they're doing a walkthrough. They did a walkthrough today. So, yeah, it's, yeah. it is what it is. It's, it's the modern game, and it worked last year, so I understand yeah. why they're, they're – if it ain't, yeah, I mean, if it ain't drugs. broke, don't. I, I yeah. think we were talking about this on Birds 365, John. <laughs> it's the idea that, like, you know, you're trying to defer a little bit to the players. Like, hey, I'll listen to you in the yeah. summer. It's your body. You know, you tell me what you want and what works for you, and maybe we'll dial it back a little bit in the summer. But you got to give me that buy-in when the season starts. You yeah. know, like if I throw you a bone here, like, are you going to, like, you know, be ready to play and give it your all? And so I just think there's b- b- more of a – more of a two-way kind of communication, I think, like understanding. Whereas back in the day, it was always like the coach, the stereotype oh, of the yeah. coach barking out orders. Is, like, we're doing, you know, like Andy is still, he's not listening to that. I mean, he's going to practice. <laughs> um, you know, it that really started when Doug was here, and I, I, I remember the Super Bowl season. They had a ton of injuries, and they basically stopped practicing late in the season, and yeah. you know, Carson. Carson got hurt and we're all looking at ourselves and saying, well, maybe they've given up, you know, they're skipping Wednesday practices. Uh, They're trying to keep everybody healthy and fresh for the end of the season. It worked. So really since then, you'll see it this late in the season, they'll stop practicing on Wednesdays. Mm -hmm. They'll do walkthroughs because it's worked for them. On, on the other end of the spectrum, I'm very pro open up the practices. I would love to, you know, I don't necessarily have to go back to Lehigh, maybe go to Westchester. I don't know. Maybe you build something else for the fans. I know they had fans there yesterday, a select number of few season ticket holders and whatnot, and then other VIPs. Do you think it's worth it to the fans to even attend these practices? If they're 60 minutes, like are, I mean, it's your job. So I'm not going to say, are they fun, but like, would they be good for the fans or could they make them into something that would be good for the fans? I mean, but that's a better question for a fan. I mean, you know, I we were talking to a, a, one of the PR guys yesterday, and the fans that were there, you know, they were thrilled. You probably saw some of the mm-hmm. uh, videos of A.J. Brown signing autographs 
Brandon Graham. Like it's a big day. It's a big deal for them. It's a big deal for them. Um, so I I would imagine from their perspective, yeah, they want to get any opportunity to see the Philadelphia Eagles. Um, yeah. And 60 minutes, 90 minutes, two hours, I think they would take any of it. But, um, yeah, football practice is boring. I mean, I, yeah. you know. I'm just thinking because like I grew up and it was kind of like a rite of passage to go to, to yeah. go to Lehigh and it was a rite of passage to, you know, watch these guys hit each other. Obviously, that doesn't happen, happen as much. But then it was also like, hey, listen, I got the uh, they used to give out the, uh, the the autograph vouchers and you never got anyone good. Like you got Coy Detmer, <laughs> you got like Jimmy Chang, you got Reno Mahe. Like everybody had a ball signed by Reno Mahe. But you know what? When I was eight years old, I thought Reno Mahe was Superman. I yeah. thought Broderick Bunkley was the next coming of Lawrence Taylor. Or, or, or Why get Reno credit then if he's given all those autographs? You know? <laughs> I mean, I had so many balls signed by Coy Detmer and Reno Mahe every single uh, year, but that was so much fun. And that's some of the favorite memories I had yeah, of going I mean, to the Eagles that you don't really get just having one practice at the link. Yeah, well, I mean, from that part of it, I, I see both sides. Look – it doesn't make sense for the Eagles to go to Lehigh or Westchester yeah, or anywhere yeah. else if you want to go way back. Well, but, Westchester's not too far. I said, um, far but I mean, you're you're putting million dollar athletes in dorm rooms. I mean, I I remember going back to days when I covered the Vikings in Minnesota. They would they would practice it. Uh, it's now Minnesota State. It was Mankato State, and you'd have guys dragging up air window air conditioned units, you know? Yeah. But like we could give a nice, like we could, we could give some funds to it. I mean, the Packers just opened up their checkbook or their, their statements. We all saw the numbers that they, that they're pulling. And I don't think they could. I used to go to Steelers. I had family out in like Greensburg. I used to go see the Steelers in like Latrobe or something. Yeah. Latrobe. Yeah. And they're still there, right? Yeah, six um, championships. There's a few teams. There's like four teams. The Steelers are one. Yeah. Andy likes to go away. Dallas goes to Oxnard yes. for yep. some yeah. bizarre reason. I don't, here's my thing, John. Though I don't. I think everybody agrees. Like, look, we can't have like Jordan Davis sleeping in a bunk bed or whatever, right? Yeah. It doesn't make any sense yeah. from a sports science standpoint. It's stupid. Let's make them comfortable, right? I just feel like a part of the fan connection is missing. There's only eight home games or nine home games. There's like two. I agree with that. Yeah. So how do you? So my my thing is like that's fine if you want to do it that way. But how can? But how can the Eagles like? replace the like on-site fan get to see my favorite players thing like is there an answer to that um, i mean see the when they started when they came back to novacare you know they always had at least two open practices yeah it might have yeah. been more than that and it, and then it just kept scaling back scaling back yeah. now we're down to one and it's fine if you're paying the 10 bucks and the 10 bucks is going yeah. to the autism challenge and it's going to charity but when they're able to create that sentence last year, the year before that says like the Eagles are one of like two teams that doesn't have a free yeah. practice or fans or whatever. Well, whatever yeah. That and so that part is even, even though we all agree, like at least it's going to a good cause, um, the 10 bucks. I mean, the thought process of, of training camp back in the day was, you know, NFL tickets are very expensive. And maybe if you have a family of four, this is your only time to go see your favorite team and blah, blah, blah. You don't have that anymore. Um, I I don't know how you fix it, to be honest. Um, I don't think you can fix it uh, because, and it all goes back to the CBA. Look, 
the league wants to make money. We all know that. Um, that's all they care about. So this is the reason when we talked about preparation at the start, like they give everything in quality of life in the off season. All right. We don't care. You don't want to be here in the spring. We don't care. Mm -hmm. uh, can we have an eight, 17th game? Yes. All right. Let's scale it back more. Can we get an 18th game? That's all the league cares about. Um, so I think the Eagles have 10 practices, training camp practices at Novacare. That's it. Yeah. I mean, yeah. And 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 the league doesn't care as long as they get that 18th game on the back end. Yeah, this is not got we've given the NFL players some player empowerment here, but this is not anywhere close to the NBA where every superstar is asking for a trade every five seconds. So no. nobody nobody's in danger of and by the way, I think that's a good thing. I uh, you know. I think the league's popularity is not related to that, but I, I don't think it hurts that yeah. I I think in the NFL it's more about like there's Eagles fans. In in the NBA, you know, there's LeBron fans, there's yeah. Steph fans and individuals, people who just like people just like the drama yeah. in the offseason and the trade deadline and plugging guys into the ESPN trade machine more than yeah, they yeah, yeah. like watching. And I, I'll, you know, I'll, I'll go back to Seinfeld. You know, I think Jerry had that, that, uh, you know, you're rooting for laundry and the NFL, they root for laundry. You know, <laughs> if you put on the Eagles jersey in Philadelphia, they like you. Well, for the most part, if you're not Jalen Rager. Um, very true. True. Yeah. True. Um, I wanted to ask you one thing, the most hyped rookie and you, and you, uh, and you touched on it before how Jordan Davis and Nicole Dean were playing behind the ones and twos, um, to start practice. Um, for Dean, you know, it seems like there's still some question marks. One is it, is he as healthy as, you know, the Eagles thought he was when they drafted him? Um, he's probably the most hyped Eagle rookie out there. I would yeah, say coming bizarre. into training camp. It's, it's it bizarre. is, um, so I want to I ask, got like, Jody McDonald every day telling me he's going to be in the Pro Bowl. So here you go. I, I, I want to ask, I, like, I, do I, you? And I think I saw your quote on Jacob, where it was like, "I want to know, like, do you think he'll start this season? And if he, if you do think that, when can we expect him to start? If he does, I think he could. I think it'll be more towards the second half of the season, and I think it'll be more. Um, toward taking Kaiser White's job more than T.J. Edwards. I think, and I've said this a bunch, I think T.J. is the most underrated player on the Eagles. And I think it's such an interesting uh, comparison because when T.J. was in college, he was the runner-up for the Buckus Award. Like, he was a really good college player. He was runner-up to Roquan Smith, by the way, who Damn. was a top-ten pick, uh, uh, with the Bears and went to Georgia and won the Buckus Award, where Nakobe went to school and won the Buckus Award. So um, I think there's a lot of correlations. But TJ ran a 4.78, right? If you run a 4.78 as a linebacker in the NFL, you're not going to get drafted. Um, he had a bad day, <laughs> obviously. He doesn't run a 4.78. If you let him do it again a week later, he probably would have been better. Now he's never going to be lightning fast. But since that time, there's another, you know, too many people assume you draft a player and that's the player you get. Mm -hmm. And there's no improvement. And there's no sort of, they're in a stasis. And developmental, um, I always talk about development is real. 
So TJ's gotten much better. He's much faster. If you saw him on social media, he works out with TJ Watt, Wisconsin guys, unbelievable shape. He's a different player. He started ninth on the depth chart. Um, He's a really, really good player now. Really instinctive player. Um, So that's part of it. Um, And then N'Kobe's got a chance, but as you mentioned, he, there were a lot of teams in this league that had legitimate injury concerns. You know, Joe Shane talked about it on the record in New York. He's like, there's some issues there. So number one, we have to see how healthy he is. Um, and then from that perspective, is the knee going to hold up? Is the shoulder going to hold up? Um, and he's undersized. Like, I, I I think it stems from your original point. Sorry, I'm getting long-winded. No, 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 this is good. I, I think it stems from fans went through that pre-draft process where they were told every day this is a first-round pick. About three weeks before the draft, I started hearing he's not going to be a first-round pick. Mm-hmm. Uh, and that was, wasn't even due to his health issues. That was due to the fact he's undersized. He's not a great athlete mm-hmm. like like Kaiser White or Davion Taylor. Davion Taylor's a great athlete. The Kobe Dean's very instinctive. Yeah. He's not a great athlete for an NFL linebacker like Roquan Smith. That's why Roquan was the top 10 pick. It's a phenomenal athlete. So I started hearing three weeks before the draft, he's not going to be a first-round pick. But I think everybody went into it, Jody Mack, Love you, uh, brother, if you're listening. Um, bought into it. He's a first-round pick. He's a first-round pick. He you watched the National Championship game. He had yeah. that clip that went viral yeah. of him uh, dropping that interception or something like that, talking to his linebacker uh, teammate, and then going and making a play. Yeah, I mean, yeah. sometimes you know, social media tells a story. I remember the, dra- uh, the first mock draft the next day. I think he was going 17th to the yeah. end. <laughs> yeah, and, and by the way, look at those N'Kobe Dean highlights. And the guy in front of him on almost every single one, yep. Jordan Davis taking up two or three blockers. Yeah, yeah. the number one pick on the other side. It's like, yeah. so. John, I just got, you got time for one more quick one? Yeah, yeah. Cool. Thanks for uh, thanks for hanging on. Um, you know, we were talking on Birds 365 last year. I just saw last year as a transition near a fact-finding mission. You know, just ask as many questions and answer as many questions as we can. Um, there's still questions about Jalen Hurts. Obviously, he's got more weapons than he ever had, but. What is this year to you? Is this a lingering still finding out what we are, or is this team ready to go for it? Or what's kind of the overall, if you were a college basketball coach and you had to make the T-shirt for the Philadelphia Eagles that everybody on the bench wears this wow, year? That's a, yeah, that's a Nick Sirianni. He's the T-shirt yeah. expert. Uh, the pan, yeah, the pander. Yeah, the pander in cheap, as yeah, I yeah, like yeah. to call him. Yeah. <laughs> um, it was my shirt. Uh, was it? Yeah, it was. Which one? <laughs> the one he wore yesterday. Oh, was it? Yeah. Oh. Very okay. cool. All right. Yeah. I'm going to write Shameless plug. Yeah. Yeah. Th- yeah. Yeah. Shameless plug. Thank you. Yeah. Um, yeah. There's Nick. And Nick always says he doesn't know where he gets these shirts. <laughs> so. um, but anyway, uh, as far as, yeah, the expectations are, here's how I described it, Kevin. They're ready two through 53. So, I mean, I hate boiling things down to, quarterback versus quarterback. Like too many people do that. Like I use Aaron Rodgers and, and Mike Sando, if you guys know, Mike uh, does his uh, 
piece where he surveys executives every year. Mm-hmm. Um, and they put, he puts quarterbacks into tiers. Mm-hmm. And I've said everybody in the league, like I know Rogers is going to be number one in the league. He's regarded as the best quarterback and he has been for a long time. Um, he's only got one. I hate that determination. So, you know, it's really hard to win Super Bowls because so many things can go wrong on, on a given day. You know, is Eli Manning better than Aaron Rodgers because he's got two and Aaron's only got one? They're not even in the same universe as quarterbacks. Yeah. Um, so I hate that quarterback, quarterback, quarterback mentality. But the Eagles can be a significant contender if they have a top-tier quarterback. There were six quarterbacks in that tier one in Mike's piece this year. If they had any of those six, they would be a significant Super Bowl contender. Mm-hmm. So to me, where's Jalen Hurts going to be? And I think his floor is good. You saw his floor. I think yeah. it's pretty good. Yeah. What's his ceiling? I don't think his ceiling is that high. I think the floor one. and the ceiling are relatively closer. Yeah. Together. That's that's what I think. He's so, in a basement in Philadelphia with a low overhang trying yeah. to do his wash. Yeah. yeah speaking so, of overhang. Right? Yeah. Um. <laughs> How far can they go? They can make the playoffs. I don't think they can compete with the with the big boys. But two through fifty-three, you know, if they had Rogers, Mahomes, Brady, Herbert, you know, Burrow, uh, I forget who the sixth one was. I miss oh yeah. did I say Aaron? Um, they would be a Super Bowl contender. Well, for my own sanity, I'm just praying we make it through the season with him remaining the starter because I can't handle People are calling for Minshew in week two. I'm going to lie oh, and go take yeah. vacation. Well, that there's going to be an injury if that happens. You don't have to wor- worry about a benching or anything of that nature. <laughs> the Carson Strong era started yesterday, baby. Oh, no. <laughs> no. Well, yeah, it, it, you haven't seen – There's, you know, there's a reason a top 75 talent quarterback doesn't get drafted. His knee is in yeah. shambles. And, uh, and by the way, Carson's very – I hate – I almost think Carson Wentz, but Carson Strong, I was surprised how honest he was about mm. his knee in the draft that his knees messed up. So I'm I'm 37 years old with Osgood Schlotters and a lot of mileage, but I don't I may have a better knee than Carson Strong right now. You might. I bet I've had six knee surgeries. Jesus. Well that's 28 years in the business, yeah. baby. So <laughs> I have worse knees than Carson Strong, but you know Hey, we're not going to have to worry about Jalen Hurts having to put a clause in his contract that he's got to study for four no, hours. No, that's beautiful, right? man. You don't have to worry about that. Okay, you good, don't have good. to worry about. Just want to make sure. Just want to make sure. Well, I'm, you're going to give a guy two hundred and thirty-one point <laughs> five million dollars and say, "Hey, you got to study for four hours. Put down the video games, Kyler." Yeah. Hey. Listen, I don't want to do crossing broadcast prep all the time. I want to, I'd rather play video games or watch Netflix, but I'm also not getting paid $230 million yeah. to do this job. So yeah. I feel you on that. I one. love well, the fact also that Microsoft Surface pays all that yeah. money to be the official tablet of the NFL. <laughs> and everybody uses iPad, 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 <laughs> iPad. Yeah. yeah. And that's yeah. the kind of generation we're living in. So, John. Yeah. Thank you so much, man. Uh, we're looking forward to the rest of training camp. Keep up with the good observations. Keep up with the pictures on the timeline. And go check out John at Jacob Media Sports uh, at Birds365. Thanks, Thanks, guys. Appreciate John, it. Thanks, man. Thanks. Oh, man. 
What a guy. What Love a, it. What a, now, what John's, John's just old school pragmatic Eagles talk. You know, that's why I've, I like doing the show with him and Jody because it's just straightforward, you know, birds talk, you know. Listen, if we don't go to a 29th year with John McMullen, I think there's a future in audiobooks. Yeah. I think there's a future in audiobooks with John. Just reading me to sleep. I think he's a he's a he's a wonderful, oh, wonderful, man. just beautiful, yeah, beautiful silhouette of a voice. Yeah. Um my knee is really messed up though for real. Like I can feel it like starting to go. <laughs> Does it move out. out of place? No, but you know, when I do like really when I lift weights and I have to do like uh like squats or something or like lunges where you mm-hmm. really get like where you really got a push up on the knee, I can feel it, man. Yeah. That long, bone, long that car bone rides, sticking out. Yeah. Plane's not good. Oh yeah. I try to angle my foot when I'm pressing yeah. down on the gas pedal. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah. Good. Oh it's, it's terrible. <laughs> yeah, it's 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 bad. I I feel you on that one. Um you get an Osgood Schlotters expert on the crossing broadcast. <laughs> Maybe next Tuesday. Yeah. Um <laughs> Speaking of training camp, uh, I know you saw this. Commies camp is not going well uh, for the Carson Wentz era. I'll tell no, you that. No, no. How about this picture? I think Craig can bring it up. Um, the commanders this year. Yeah. Now they're doing a fan lottery system. So everybody had to apply. Here is the pictures of uh, that's the Carson Wentz effect right there um, <laughs> of, no. of the turnout today oh, no. for the commanders camp. Um, wow. This is funny for a couple of reasons. I said they made fans sign up for a lottery system, so a lot of fans wanted yeah. to go, but a lot of fans yeah. didn't win the lottery. It's kind of like everyone going for those SB Dunks Phillies this week or going on the sneakers app. For so like, Bruce Springsteen tickets. Or for Springsteen tickets. You're yeah. exactly right. So everybody who lost, I guess whoever won was like, yeah, sorry, I'm not using these. They just were like, oh, someone else, they'll, you know, they'll, they'll put them in a wait list or something like that. So this <laughs> is what happens when you do a free oh, camp man. and you do a lottery system for a training camp when you're – when you're starting a new quarterback, you have no direction. You might not have an owner by week three. Yeah, who's yeah. getting? He's getting uh, depositioned by the the what, uh, com- Congress Overhouse Site Committee, whatever. And then also <laughs> the best thing is, this is 30 minutes from the, the new stadium. The Overhouse Site. Yeah, there you go. There's more. Look at that. Look at that. Oh, it's terrible, man. The- See, here's the thing. We don't, and we don't even. <clears throat> this can be accurate without even knowing when this was taken. Like, was it two hours before practice? Was it during mm-hmm. practice? Was it now? Because Eagles fans would have already have filled that up. Yeah, you know, Bills Giants, fans, Giants fans would have filled that up. Yes, exactly. Cowboys so. fans, like, yeah, all that. And the funny yeah. thing is, Kev, this is 30 minutes from the new um, stadium that they want to build that they just spent a hundred million dollars on to break ground. So, way to the- show up. Way to the- show out, Virginia. Though where so, oh it's the the training complex is close to the where they want to build the stadium yeah so this is about an hour out from uh, FedEx Field oh, and then okay. thirty minutes from the new site that they want to build at oh okay yeah man I don't know what it is with that franchise I I you know I at West Virginia actually we got a bunch of Maryland kids who were there too and there was a lot of Redskins fans like back in the day like, and they they legit were like they were like Philly Philly fans they were like Giants fans you know they were like typical mm-hmm. like pretty dialed in good fans, but yeah, I mean like yeah, disaster after disaster for them, you know, yeah. I don't, I, you know, they had that I, one, they had that one year where they got a decent defense, but like, I don't know, unless like Carson Wentz and Terry McLaurin and uh, Antonio Gibson have pro bowl years. I mean, like, what do you, yeah, <laughs> anybody, right. I mean, anybody really worried about them? I don't think so. No, I mean, Chase uh, Young's on the, on the pup already. He's yeah. coming back from something like, yeah, yeah. It's just, it's just, it yeah, doesn't look good it. down there. Let's uh let's just ask this question real quick. Oh, let's see. Uh, the Eagles could be coming off an 0 and 17 season and still pack a training camp practice. Yes, that's true. Yeah, if they allowed yeah. fans. Yeah, Matt's right. Here's a question from T. He says, uh, 
What's your thoughts on Mike McDaniel's taking a selfie with the Dolphins media members? I thought this it was, was corny as shit to be. Did honest. you? Okay. Yeah. First so of all, by the way, it's not, it's not a it's not a selfie actually because he was just posing. There was actually another guy, media member, holding the phone out. Why you does know? he look like such an idiot? I know you're trying to set like a new change the culture, like be cool with everybody or whatever. But like, man, you lose a couple games. Those same guys in the selfie are going to be asking you like to change the quarterback or whatever. I don't know. It's cool to like talk to a guy off the record and have a relationship with him. But man, I wouldn't want to be in that picture. No, I mean, what? So is that bad beat reporting? It's modern beat reporting. It's like the guy who lifted up the Stanley Cup with the Avalanche, you know? If Landis, hands, if Landis Gog hands you the Stanley Cup, I guess you're going to lift it. And if Mike McDaniels wants to take a selfie, what are you going to say? No, you know. Here it is, right here. This is this is Mike McDaniel. See, look, this looks like he has a um, a selfie stick, doesn't it? It does, but there's actually outside of the picture, there's another guy taking it. There's another media member who's holding the phone up. So technically, it's not a Mike McDaniel's. <laughs> it's not that. a Mike McDaniel's selfie. It's a it's a reporter taking a selfie. You know, but. Uh, I, just, I don't know, I man. I, it's it's different, you know. I feel like this happened though. I I feel I feel like Nick did something with a selfie because I thought I remember just a bunch of, or maybe it was somebody else. Was he giving like, like fist? Like, was he giving fist bumps to people? Well, he was the, giving fist bumps, lineup? and then yeah. Brandon Lee Gowton tried to play rock paper scissors with him, and it just went ob- oddly, yeah. just terribly. Nick and then had, we had Nick Howard had Eskin. To look up. Yeah, he was towering over Nick Sirianni. The, yeah, the LG was. <laughs> And then we had Howard Eskin talking shit on somebody. I forget we wrote about it in the background. Oh, oh, yeah, yeah. He was he was he was destroying Ben Simmons. Like yeah. you can hear it loud and clear on like John Clark's video. <laughs> He's he said like uh he said something like Doc Rivers that doesn't give a shit about us or something like that too. I think when you go down there, you just have to keep your like you know how like cops have the body cam. We need to set you up with the body cam. <laughs> Just always be recording. You know, this is what John Clark yeah. said about Jamie Apodi, or this is what Jimmy Kemsky said about maybe we uh, John can get McCullough. down there. Maybe we can get down there if not. Maybe we get a drone. Maybe we send a drone over top of it. <laughs> would, they, would the Eagles shoot down a drone if we sent one over top of it? Did you imagine that video? What if, we were doing, what if we were doing crossing broadcast and we just took a live feed from the drone that we sent over top of it? All right, let's get some observation. <laughs> <laughs> what if we just sat outside across from Novacare Complex or on like some ladders over Novacare Complex with yeah. binoculars on and we're just like live, live, uh, live yeah? What if we just street. set up a table like on the f- closest public piece of land, like the sidewalk <laughs> where the guys held up the roll that blunt sign? Yeah, you know, this is crossing broadcast live from Novacare, technically. Technically, you know, we can't get in, know. we have no credentials, they won't let us in, but. Uh, we're going to broadcast live anyway. A little bit later on the show, we're going to have a drone flying over. I will take a live <laughs> shot. from. <laughs> later, we're going to get shots of Lane Johnson leaving the facility. Will he stay and talk? We don't know, but that's the beauty of a live show. You ever watch Sky Sky Sports News, like how they get the soccer players and managers? Like They don't have the same access over there that we have in the United States, so they get them in their car. They get them in their car yes. when they're leaving the facility. Okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, like yeah, it'll be, yeah, they'll be like Sir Alex Ferguson rolling out of Manchester United, and he like stops in his car to talk to the fans or media. That'll that'll be us. That's crazy. If they don't, if they don't let us in, we'll just meet them out in the in the uh, while they're leaving the facility. Do we need less media access? Six one zero six three two. Zero nine seven five. It's a story for another time. Yeah. Um, all right. So my favorite article, well, my favorite editions of articles that go up on crossingbroad.com is Kevin's 50 hot takes. This edition yeah. mm-hmm. was for the summer. Um, I've got a couple gripes. Um, 
First of all, I'm running out of takes because I think I've done like nine or ten of these, right? You did put in a lot more from us than you've ever put in before. Uh, Usually you're good for like 47 to 40, 45 to 47. It's funny how your observations change based on what's currently going on with your life. When I started the column, I was still living in Fishtown. So I was like complaining about the Aramingo Avenue Wawa. Now I'm like talking about the best lawnmower you can buy out here in the suburbs. You're the progressive commercial. Uh, Yeah, we are never having another kid you know yeah. i'm pregnant <laughs> oh man you're never driving a minivan <laughs> the one where it's like uh don't be your father or people turning into their fathers uh, don't be your parents don't turn yeah, into your parents yeah. yeah yeah the guy with the blue hair he's like no 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 don't have to say anything don't yeah. have to say anything. let's not talk about leaving the game before we get into the game <laughs> <laughs> um my first one retire the sixers song What's wrong with the Sixers song? Phillies have high hopes. Eagles have fly, Eagles fly. Yankees have New York, New York. What's wrong with the Sixers song after a win? Who gives a shit? They brought it back during the, you know, the process years for the hipsters, and they haven't gotten past the second round since they've been playing the song. So it's a good song. song. I don't know. It's the kind Yankees of haven't won a title in eleven years. They still play the song thirteen years. Eagles I think the song. I think the Sixers and, song. I think the Sixers song has jumped the shark. I don't need. What to hear don't you Anthony. like about it? It's a classic ditty from the 1970s. No, it's like it's like this thing. Oh, let's bring back like a thing from the 80s or whatever. Okay, you know the hipsters have their laugh, and like now let's get rid of it. You know. I think it's because you just hear it so much being down there covering this covering the maybe, team. Maybe maybe I'm just like jaded and I'm sick of hearing it. <laughs> is, this heard, like a, is this? Heard it so many times. Is this like a, a Newbeck take or is this something that you will talk about with like Derek Bodner or will you talk about with the other guys being like, hey, you know, I think they kind of have to retire. This is your song. I don't need, I, I don't know. I mean, it, as a general rule of thumb, yes, we are not probably not the best people to ask because we're just so we're down there all the time and we've heard the same thing. 80 times. I've seen the dunk squad do the same exact routine. 40 <laughs> retire the times, dunk squad. 41 times where I know exactly what every member of the dunk squad is going to do. Oh, this guy's going to do the front flip. <laughs> uh, well, does the, do the... T from the 203. He's with you on that. Um, you Can I tell you something real quick, though? I know yeah. you, got, you got some stuff you want to pick out from here. No, no. Keep the most controversial. I got the most pushback on the potato take. So this is what I was going to bring up next. Oh, okay. All right. So the potato, your hate for potatoes. I don't understand it because if the potato wasn't good, my people wouldn't have starved and put all their eggs in one basket on one crop in the 1840s. Uh, listen, I got Irish in my family, too. I'm not anti-potato in a vacuum. I just don't think that like this, this take kind of stems from, first of all, it's spun off of your horrendous vertical burrito take or whatever the hell that was all about. But I'm like, gonna try to, I'm going to try to distance myself from that take. You know, people put potato in th- people, potatoes like can be used as a filler, right? So you go to like, you know, a brunch spot and it's like, uh, get you a nice omelet, you know, a Western omelet, you know, mm-hmm. and then give me like, you know, one side. Right. And it's like, Oh, we got to have something else to fill the plate. Right. Okay. Let's make some shitty hash browns. You know, let's put some potatoes on the plate. That's the least important part of like the brunch plate. The potato doesn't do anything to enhance the dish at all. I, it, it's know? a Swiss army knife food though. It's a Swiss army knife. But like, it's filler. Can... It's filler. It's like you have the omelet. The omelet I'm a sides guy signal. though. The, the omelet is, is the music video that goes on MTV you know, you the the co- record company says to you, we need two more songs in here because we only got seven. And you're like, all right, I'll give you the fucking potatoes. You know, <laughs> the potatoes will be number eight. It's just filler is all it is, you know. The, but it can be baked. It could be grilled. It could be crispy. It can be served at breakfast. It can be served at lunch. It could be served at dinner. You give me a nice 
Yukon golden potato and you cut that bad boy up, you put a little bit of rosemary, a little bit of olive oil in there. I, I'll eat for yeah, days. Yeah, yes, I I'm guess a, when I'm you go to generic, yeah, you get a baked potato or you get like French fries or something. Okay, but French you fries. Know, you go, you go to some of these spots and it's like, well, we need something else to fill out the. the what I, would you I, rather I, have, fruit? Oh, it's better for you. So, oh, it is better for you, but I mean, this is breakfast, man. Salad, I already eaten an sides, sides, Give me a side salad. salad. You want a side salad with your omelet? Whenever you go to no, whenever listen, whenever you go to like a gastro pub or something, and you get like a burger, and they say, "Well, you want fries or a salad?" You should always get salad. There's no reason to eat French fries on top of all that other you stuff. You stop. You gotta make healthy choices, you know. Enough. Like it's not macho to eat like the extra French fries when you can be healthy. You know, let's destigmatize the side salad. There are there are some places in philadelphia that could go toe-to-toe fries with that burger yeah i don't know you could do half and half though too if you want to you know you do a half fries half salad or something i just don't see it doesn't like do it's just there to me you know you get scrambled eggs and you get something else and then oh let's throw some like you know crappy potato on here and we'll call it hash browns or something you know no, i just i i don't agree the most versatile of any vegetable potato that danny small is exactly correct on that uh, yeah. it's potato it's a is barely food. a vegetable it's not even a vegetable when i think of vegetables i think of like asparagus or broccoli i don't think of like potato yeah i don't think of potato no. as a vegetable either no. um but it is a vegetable um yeah. speaking of things you don't consider um what, what's the story behind you getting mad at the parent that said the crocodile was an alligator or an alligator. Oh, was a man. Um, well, I'm glad you asked because this drives me crazy. <laughs> One of my least favorite things on the planet is when a parent gives incorrect information to a kid, right? Because the parent's supposed to know better, first of all. I'm at the Elmwood Park Zoo, right? We're walking through the thing. I'm pushing my two daughters around there. I see this guy go up to like the uh, crocodile, you know, uh, exhibit or whatever the hell. And he's like, hey, Johnny, look at the alligator. You know, and then Johnny's like, oh, yeah, it's a cool alligator. Look at the alligator. I'm like, man, it's a crocodile. It's not, but it, it's first of all, it says it right there in front of your face. They have the sign that says, you know, like American crocodile, blah, blah, blah. And anybody who went to school knows that the crocodile has the thin snout and the alligator has the wide snout, you know, but like you're the parent. Like these are like obvious things that are right in front of your face. Like give your kids the correct information. Like you're telling them something that's just straight up wrong. There's this one guy. At another spot in the zoo, who said like, "Look at the look at the pig," you know, and it wasn't a pig. It was like one of those like peck peccaries or peccary. I don't know how you say it. What are you like, a fucking zoologist? <laughs> no, but it's like like it, you got to tell people the right thing. You are literally <laughs> telling your kid when the answer is right there in front of you. You're, you're giving him the wrong information. Hey, look Craig, at the crocodile. It's not a crocodile. It's an alligator. Craig, Pull up a pull up a, a crocodile or an alligator. We're gonna play crocodile or alligator with Kevin Kincaid. Okay, we're gonna tr- we're gonna test out the zoologist who probably gets pissed at people for calling just, a wasp a bee like, like or such- a llama an alpaca. Like no, but these are just such preventable things. It's less about like like what is the practicality of really knowing the difference between a crocodile and alligator? It's not gonna affect you in your day to day life probably, but like when the answer is right in front of your face, like these gawkers who are just like staring at things and saying dumb shit to your kids, yo. Pause for a second. Okay. Look at what the sign says. Read it. Maybe you'll learn something. You know. You get mad when the answer is right in front of your face. I don't like people spreading fake news. Maybe it's like a journalism <laughs> thing. Like for real. Like it's not a crocodile, man. It's an alligator. <laughs> All right, here we go. Crocodile, alligator. That's an American alligator. Craig, right in the chat. Is is he right? 
That's an American alligator. He's right. Okay. All right. Do we have any more? Do we have any more crocodile alligator? That's an American alligator. That kind of looks like a let's play name that reptile. Well, that that's that guy's <laughs> name is definitely Frank. That's he looks Frank. like he's in a golf course. He looks like he was in a like a sand trap on a golf Florida golf course or something. That is know? true. Well, now we're searching alligators. We can see yeah. your screen, Craig. Yeah. But you see what I'm saying? It's all it I don't I don't look look at the end of the day, like are you going to get through your nine to five job not knowing the difference between an alligator and a crocodile? Sure. I just don't like these ignorant parents who are telling their kids just straight up incorrect shit right in front of their face when the answer is right there. Like you got to be a little bit more like help, help us all be a little bit more cultured. You know, that's all I'm saying. I don't know if that makes me snooty or elitist or whatever, but it just bothers me. It's like, don't tell Johnny that that's a sloth. It's not a sloth. It's an orangutan. You know, it's like, <laughs> well, that's, that's get like the correct information. Oh, good. They're both hanging in a tree. Must be a sloth. You know? <laughs> All right. That, that example is wild. If someone's telling someone a sloth is an orangutan, that person should be locked up. And yeah, yeah, I, don't, I don't know. It just, it just like, child services should be, should be called. Anybody in the journalism business should be like, should be all for the pursuit of like just correct information as a baseline, like necessity in life. You know, the last two years was a hellscape for you of fake news. Yeah, I didn't watch a lot of television, man. I did my thing on Crossing Broad, and I, just, you know, you spent a lot of time on Twitter, and I know you can uh, that can that can defeat you a little bit. Yeah. Um, before we wrap this up, I need to I need to ask you about one more, the plum cot. What the hell is a plum cot, and why oh, have I yeah. not heard about it yet? I love the hybrid fruit, man. Can you tell as I get older, I'm embracing more of my like environmental and you know uh, food and like sustainability side. Yeah. This is a, a genetically modified fruit. You know, so they do like the they combine, you know, plums, apricots, um, you know, mm. peaches and stuff like that. And they'll, so they have the consistency of both of them. So you can go to the store now and you can get like a plum cot. Right. It's like a, it's like a plum and an apricot, like like uh, genetically engineered Damn. together. Right. OK, so here's your. Yeah. And you have like a pluot. Right. There's a plum apricot. Well, what is the difference between a pluot and a plum cot? Uh. I think it's the same thing, just two different names. I'm not sure. Okay. You can get like an aprium, too. What's that? I think it's just more. De- uh, I don't know. Correct oh, me if I'm wrong here, but I think more, it's, yep. It's more apricot than plum. Where I think the the plu the plum cod is more plum than apricot. As my mom chimes in here on the chat, maybe she can help us out. Um, yeah. Okay. So here you go. Organic pluot is three parts plum and one part apricots it was like 75 25 right but if you reverse it 75 25 in the other way so hmm. now it just adds variety man we can do you know technology is a wonderful thing you know we yeah. should embrace you know all of this you know we're not doing monsanto anymore you know genetically yeah. genetically uh you know bad food for you we're looking to be healthy and sustainable pagans T- say what you want about monsanto but man did they make a humongous humongous vegetables <laughs> humongous genetically modified yeah, why is that probably because they had like illegal fertilizer or something that they were using, you know? <laughs> we'll have to get a monsanto person on here so i can't yeah. come to know too much mm-hmm. we need monsanto a zoologist and a yeah. doctor <laughs> let's get an expert on genetically engineered food on crossing broadcast yeah it's like hey aren't you guys going to talk eagles training camp it's like relax buddy we've got a monsanto uh chemist yeah. on here yeah, tonight, first okay? we're gonna first we're gonna do the plum cot talk all right yeah just chill we'll get it back to the eagles in a little bit <laughs> we'll get it back to the eagles in the second half hour okay <laughs> you can't get this anywhere else um you got anything else before we, we wrap this up 
No, I was just going to say, I thought it was funny that, uh, number one, that the Philly captain was filming Eddie Perez in the Braves dugout or the Braves bullpen again. He was being a curmudgeon. It was like arguing with some kid. Um, I think he should be heckled and booed every time he comes to Philly. The other thing, too, you could put a bow on the Jim Salisbury, Nick Castellanos mm-hmm. thing, because Salisbury went to uh, went on his podcast with Corey Seidman, and he just said, yeah, look, we talked it over. We've you know had a discussion the next day, and it's all good. And he thought it was kind of a nothing burger. you know. But he's just mm-hmm. like, look, these things happen. And it was like Anthony was saying the other day when he was on with us. He's like, yeah, you talk it over and smooth it over. It's all good. So yeah. he thought it was a nothing burger. But I give, I give him credit for not saying anything on Twitter for like 72 hours and then just using three sentences to address it on his podcast because he, you, when you got 3.2 million shares of that video, maybe you want to jump in and defend yourself, you know? Yeah. No, it, I mean, Draymond Green, Jim Salisbury, same person control the narrative. I like that. I like that. It's <laughs> a very good comparison, actually. Yeah. Thank you. Yeah. yeah. Thank you. JJ Reddick, Jim yeah. Salisbury, yeah. same person yeah. control the narrative. I like to see Jim McCollum, yeah. Jim Salisbury control the yeah. narrative. Um, all right. Well, that's crossing broadcast. Thanks to everybody who listened. Thanks for anybody who came in to the YouTube. Thanks for everybody who uh, was chatting. Thanks to John McMullen. Go follow him. Thanks to Kevin. Thanks to you, the listener. Again, follow me, follow Kevin, follow crossing broad and read crossingbroad.com. We will talk to you on Tuesday. Have a great weekend, everybody. 